You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Who here has played poker before? No one wants to admit it, I can tell. A couple of us. I'm not by any means promoting gambling. I'm, I'm very much with, with the Reverend Tim Costello when it comes to gambling. I side with Tim, hashtag. That's where I'm at. And whilst I don't like gambling as such, I don't mind a game of poker from time to time. You know, the, you know the kind of games where the only thing on, on the line really is the glory of being able to revel in your win and say, ha-ha, look at me, I've got all these chips here. That's the kind of game of poker that I'm into. And if you've ever heard, if you've ever played poker before or even heard anything about poker, you might have heard of the term all in. Has anyone heard of that term, all in? It's where basically a poker player puts it all on the line. They risk it all. They, they go all in with everything they've got in the attempt to win the hand. And often when they're going all in, it's in the attempt to win the whole game. Now, poker players do this for one of two reasons. Either, one, they're bluffing, they've got a really dodgy hand, but they're trying to bluff their way to victory, or they've got a a hand that you could kind of bank your house on. It's that that good, it's almost impossible that you'd lose, and then they go all in in that way. When a a poker player go all in, they're, they're holding nothing back. They're leaving nothing behind at all. They're, they're, as the saying goes, they're putting all their eggs in the one basket. Yeah? They're giving it all they've got to give. Maybe for some of us, we're not, we haven't played poker before, we're really not into poker, but maybe you think of Sporting Field, where someone says, some, someone's gone all in. Maybe it's Bruce McAvaney is ringing in your ears if you like football, and you can hear him saying, that was special. That lady, she just jumped in, dived, risking it all, put her body on the line, and she came out with, with the ball. Delicious, as Bruce would say. Maybe, you've, maybe you think of that when it comes to being all in. Well, as a church community, we have always been all in for the gospel. We've always been all in for the gospel. We've always had such a heart to give ourselves completely, to hold nothing back at all, to sacrifice our own wants, our own desires, so that we can join with God in doing the kind of mission work that he calls us to do as a church community. And ultimately, that is, in a a really simple, broad, arching kind of way, that's joining with God in his desire to see people's lives radically transformed by the good news of the gospel. That's what we're passionate about. That's what we've always been passionate about. And our our statement is loving God and loving others. And that beautifully sums up our desire to be all in. We want to be all in in loving God and we want to be all in in loving others. As a church, we've always been all in for the gospel. And so today, I'm, I'm just going to share with us some key investments that we're going to be making this year in 2021 as we continue to grow, as we continue to develop and go deeper as a community of believers who are all in for the gospel. So let's pray. Let's invite God to really speak to our hearts and excite our hearts for the kind of things that he's calling us to 
this year, individually, no doubt, but also corporately as we join together as the body of Christ here at Liberty Family Church in this call to be all in for the gospel. So let's pray. Jesus, we are just so thankful for the way that you guide us, the way that you lead us, the way that you shepherd us through life. And we thank you, Jesus, that whether it's individually or corporately, you always want to use us for the extension of your kingdom. There is no one that you do not want to reach with the good news of the gospel. And so, Lord, today, as we, as we look at some of these key investments that you've really laid on my heart and, and on the elders' heart as well of this church, Lord, we pray that you would excite us for some of these gospel initiatives and ways that you are calling us to, so that, Lord, we would be on fire for the gospel, so that we would all together and individually be all in for the gospel in seeing people saved, in seeing lives transformed, in seeing those who are brokenhearted find restoration and hope in relationship with Jesus. So God, do your work in our hearts today, Lord, and then through us as we leave from today. So Lord, that we would continue to be the kind of authentic Christian community that you are calling us to be. So we pray this and all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I, when I think of people in Scripture who were all in for the gospel, other than Jesus, of course, Paul immediately springs to my mind. Paul had given himself in service to God. He was, he was zealous, wasn't he? He was zealous for God. He was just had misguided zeal at the, at the start when he was persecuting the early church. He was, he was devoted to God as a Pharisee. And then on the road to Damascus, he had his life radically transformed as he encountered the love of Jesus in a miraculous and personal way. And after having that encounter, as I'm sure if any of us had a miraculous encounter like that, there would be nothing else that we would want to do with our life than serve Jesus with everything we've got. Amen. And time and time again, time and time again, you, you read through all of the New Testament, all of the Paul's letters, all of the accounts of the early church, and time and time again, you find that Paul held nothing back. And he poured himself out, and he literally risked life and limb. There were, you know, shipwrecked multiple times, imprisoned, beaten, you know, like he, he really was all in for the gospel. And why was he all in? In order that he might win some. That was it. Like Paul had been so encountered the love of God that he was willing to endure it all in order that even some might be won and get to experience what he's experienced himself. There's no question at all. Paul was all in in his quest to join with God and see people become disciples of Jesus. And I was reading the other week this beautiful passage in 1 Corinthians, and it's this passage where Paul talks about how he's given up his rights for the sake of Jesus. And, and he, he says this in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 to 23. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not myself, not, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, 
not been outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Now, this is such an important passage for us to understand when it comes to to sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus. This explains how Paul went about being, being all in and can help us to better understand what being all in looks like individually and also corporately as a church community. Essentially, Paul, what Paul is saying is that there's not one way of sharing the gospel. Paul's saying that he shares the gospel differently depending on the context. He shares the gospel differently with different people. To the Jews, he shares through a Jewish framework so they can relate to it, so they can understand. To those under the law, he shares as he was ministering to someone who sees things through the law sort of framework. To those outside the law, he shares as, though, as he was one who was outside the law and can communicate to them. Basically, what Paul is saying is he's communicating to people the gospel in the language that they understand. Does that make sense? To the weak as one who is weak too. It's, it's a fancy word, but contextualization, that's what Paul's doing. He's contextualizing the gospel and sharing it in a certain way that hits the mark in that particular context. You know, you think about it, if, if Paul was to share to the Jewish people like he would share to the Gentiles, he's not going to get any ground with the Jews because they're all about the observance to the, the law and they're all, all about what should be done and what our father Abraham and Moses and all this sort of stuff. And they, they, they think the Gentiles don't even belong in the family of God. So if Paul was to share like that, he'd be missing the mark. But Paul, knowing that, he, sh- he shares to the Jews in a Jewish framework, unpacking some of the stuff and helping them to see the link to Jesus Christ so then they can hear the gospel, yeah? And I love how Paul sort of sums up so beautifully this approach in verse 22 to 23. He says, I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Paul's all in. Paul's all in in his desire to see people saved. And as he says here, he'll do whatever it takes. He'll do whatever it takes to see that people encounter the love of God and find freedom through Jesus Christ. So you might be thinking today, well, that's nice. Thanks for that little lesson. But what on earth has this got to do with me today? I mean, what's this got to do with us as a church community? We don't live in Caulfield. We don't need to think about how we can contextualize the gospel to minister to Jewish people. Well, I want to suggest that this framework of how Paul shares the gospel differently in different contexts is really helpful for us in thinking about how we can strategically go all in in sharing the gospel and seeing people come to know Jesus Christ in our context and in the context in which we find ourselves in our workplaces, in our schools, in universities, in our homes, all of those kind of things. Because here's the thing. 
One size does not fit all when it comes to sharing the gospel. As much as probably through the, maybe it was the 80s and 90s, you kind of had the, the, the little card of what to say to a non-believer to try and share the gospel with them, that just doesn't work. It's, it's, not, it's clunky and it's not real and it's not, it's not necessarily going to, could, maybe God might use that for someone, but by and large, contextualization is so important. We need different approaches and different ways and different ministries that share the gospel with different people at different stages on their faith journey from all different walks of life. Yeah? In a, in a real sense, we'd actually be neglecting the Great Commission, Jesus' words in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, to reach people of all nations if we were one-dimensional in our ministry of love wouldn't we? And we don't want to do that. None of us want to do that. No church that is in existence would want to do that. And we want to ensure that as a church community, we are engaging in our mission of loving God and loving others in a healthy and a diverse way. So we can see as many people possible, as many people as possible in Hillsville, the Yarra Valley and beyond reached with the good news of the gospel so that they can ultimately become followers of Jesus Christ too. That's the heart. That's why we exist. So what are some of the ways that God's calling us to kind of spread out, if you like, in our all-in gospel efforts this year? What are some investments that we are going to be making as a church community in terms of culture and also in terms of ministries in the life of our church? Well, I want to share four with us today, and and this is the first. We believe God's calling us as a church community to go all in for missional living. Now, this is, to to some degree, already a cultural marker of our community, so to speak, if you like. This is a defining thing of who we are as Liberty Family Church. We don't believe that, that church is just about four walls. We believe we are the church and we exist for the benefit of the world and every single place in which we interact, we have influence as followers of Jesus and that is us bringing the kingdom wherever it is we go. God is not contained to four walls. We are his representatives and that is what missional living is all about. So it is, it is a cultural marker already, but this year we're going to be pursuing, we're going to be celebrating, we're going to be investing in it even more as a church. Because the thing is, we're all sent people. We are all sent people. God's calls each and every one of us to join him on his mission and sends us into the world to share the gospels, gospel with others. And that's the mission that all of us are called to. And the beautiful thing about missional living is it's not like it's some extra program or something. It's just being intentional as we go about our everyday lives. And that's the beautiful thing. It's, it's what the early church did, and it's what always has incredible impact for the gospel. As we're real with people, as we're authentic, as we bring the love of Jesus and hope into situations, things change. Holy Spirit moves on hearts, and all of a sudden people continue along that journey toward faith in Jesus. As we recognise, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.20, that in everywhere we go and in everything we do, we are Christ's ambassadors, his representatives. And God, 
Here's the thing. God makes his appeal through us. That's what Paul says. So when we're at work, we're representing Jesus. We're on mission. When we're relaxing with friends or interacting in a sporting club environment with our kids and their other kids' parents, we're representing Jesus and we're on mission. When we're parenting, good news, parents, when we're parenting, we have actually been sent, we have been called, and we are on mission to those children that God has entrusted to us. And this mission, it looks differently for every single one of us. But, and here's the beautiful thing in a corporate sense, when we're all walking on this path of authentic faith, a beautiful, authentic Christian community grows. It it just naturally happens. As, As more and more and more of us come alive to the reality that we are sent by God to be his hands and feet, to bring hope, to bring light, to bring love to a broken world who are desperate for him, that has a beautiful effect of encouraging one another and creating a beautiful Christian community. And I believe we've seen the first fruits of that as a church community. But God has even more for us. God has even more for us in terms of that. So this year we're going to intentionally encourage one another in this. We're going to share stories. We're going to share testimonies. We're going to share even more equipping messages. And here's a really important thing. We're going to be praying more as a church community intentionally into this that we would grow as sent people whose example and life of faith God would use to point people to Jesus Christ. Sound good? We're going to be, we have been all in for missional living. There's no doubt about it, but we'll continue to grow in this together because God wants to do even greater things in and through us as a church community. And as we do go all in in this together, we are going to be better spread in our efforts of sharing the gospel locally and more beyond as well. So that's the first thing today. Good work, Amelia. I like that. And here's the second. We believe God is calling us to go all in for a welcoming, seeker-friendly culture. So I hope if you're visiting with us today, that would have been your experience already, even just walking through the doors. But from what I've heard from people and from conversations other people have had with people in our community, we are, we are, and we are already known as a welcoming church. People who, generally speaking, people who enter our church community in some form or another feel overwhelmingly loved, feel overwhelmingly welcomed. Whether it's mums and dads who spend time together on a Monday morning in our pitter-patter playgroup, or parents or carers who bring their kids along to one of our free community family movie nights, you know, or even just people who get together with some of us in a park, and then I happen to bump into someone and they say, oh, do you know these people? They're such lovely people. Oh, yeah, I do know them really well. Yeah, they're a part of our church. And like, overwhelmingly, what, we're, what I hear time and time again is how welcoming our community is. And that is a fantastic thing. And here's the thing I love about, about God is he's never finished with us. Even when something is good to a degree, God wants it to be even better to a greater degree. And God wants us to grow deeper still in this kind of welcoming culture so that people from all ages, people from all stages 
And all walks of life feel a sense of welcome and belonging and love when they encounter our church community. Now, hear me here. I'm not talking about toning down or compromising the gospel in an effort to make people feel loved and welcome. That's just not what I'm talking about. What I'm actually talking about is doing and being mindful of what Paul did and was mindful of. That, you know, being mindful of not creating unnecessary barriers for people. Being mindful of not, you know, creating or, or even unconsciously doing things that would say, while we're saying you're welcome, you're not actually welcome here with us. Do you know what I mean? So in the, in the hope, and this is God's hope, because God has a place for everyone in his family, amen, that regardless of where people are at on their faith journey or what religious or social backgrounds that they align with, that they have the opportunity to actually hear the gospel. That they have the opportunity to hear the gospel and then that they have opportunities and they have a, an environment in which to grow in the gospel and grow into relationship with Jesus Christ as they spend time with us, yeah? So this means that no matter whether the setting is a movie night, whether it's pitter-patter playgroup, a Sunday morning service, a backyard blitz, a connect group, a men's night like we had on the weekend, an atheist should feel welcome with us. An atheist should feel absolutely loved and welcome to be meeting with us. They should experience a deep sense of, of belonging and something, it would almost be freaky for them because they're like, well, hang on a minute. I, this person knows what I think and yet you're, they're treating me like this? Like, how is that so? And as an atheist engages with us and has conversations, no doubt there'll be plenty of things that we won't see eye to eye on and there'll be plenty of things that will go hard up against the beliefs that an atheist holds to. And that's great. That's great. We're not going to compromise or water down the message of the gospel in any way to win that atheist to Christ. The Apostle Paul certainly didn't do that when he shared the gospel with different people. But the overall heart, the overall vibe, if you like, the, the feel of the environment and the, the, any other seeker, you know, that an atheist or any other seeker should come away with is an overwhelming sense that they were genuinely welcomed, that they were genuinely loved by us. Because if you think about it, after all, that is the experience that all of us who have encountered Jesus Christ have actually had ourselves, isn't it? We've had that experience. I, I remember when I truly encountered Jesus many years ago, I was broken. I was messed up. My life did not look anything like it looks like now. I'm only slightly less messed up now. But, you know, like, in all, in all reality, I was a broken, broken mess. And yet, when I encountered the love of Christ, something just radically changed. I was delivered from, from alcohol and drug dependence, and, and God just did a work in my heart, and I've never been the same since. And Jesus wants everyone to have that opportunity, no matter the story, no matter where they're from, no matter whatever their life looks like or has looked like in the past, Jesus is in the business of restoring people into relationship, not only with the Father, but restoring people into the ultimate person that Jesus and God intended for them to be. Amen? 
And that is why, that is why we're going to be investing more as a church in this aspect of church life and culture. We're going to commit to growing and strategically shaping everything that we do to better communicate the gospel to people from all backgrounds and walks of life. We're going to be intentionally praying that God would give us a supernatural ability to grow as people of hospitality, of people who genuinely welcome and love all people, irrespective of what's going on in their life, how they present, how they might treat us, what they might say about us, so that, so that Jesus, the beautiful love of Jesus can truly be experienced and then we'll be praying and believing that Jesus' love will then be received by these people and their lives transformed. You with me? Good. So that's the second and and here's the third. We believe that God is calling us to go all in for Alpha. Last year, we were planning to go all in for Alpha, but then COVID came along and kind of disrupted a few of our plans. Did anyone else's plans get disrupted last year? Maybe a little bit, you know? (laughs) But we are super excited to be launching into Alpha this year as a church community. So if you don't have never heard anything about Alpha before, you don't know anything about it, let's check out this video and you can hear a little bit more. We all have that person in our lives, that neighbour we pass by every day outside our homes, that co-worker we see at the office five days a week, or those friends we catch up with every once in a while. People we wish could know and experience the love of God. How do we share it? Where do we even start? Deep inside, we know that it will cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith. It takes time, vulnerability, sacrifice, the risk of rejection. But this is our call to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. Because it's only through opening your life up that spaces for honest conversations are possible. Spaces where people can truly be themselves and explore the deepest parts of life with people they know and trust. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith because when it's hard to find the moment or the words or the courage, you can simply invite. Alpha, who will you invite? That's why we're running Alpha as a community. <clears throat> that is why we're running Alpha at Liberty. You know, Alpha is such an amazing opportunity to invite people into, basically, into a taster of Christian community. Where they get to experience the, the love and the warmth and the hospitality and all those sort of things. And they're people that we're in relationship with 
That's the beauty of it, that we can invite friends, we can invite co-workers, we can invite neighbours, people that we're already doing life with, to join us to explore those bigger questions, to join us in, in really exploring life, faith and meaning, as Alpha says. It, Alpha is a winner. And the thing with Alpha is God is leading us to be really ambitious when it comes to Alpha in our community. We believe that, Alpha, uh, that God is calling us not just to run Alpha once a year, but to run continually throughout the year. And not just for this year, but as an ongoing central practice of our church community so that we are a church that have avenues for people at different points on the faith journey to engage with things of faith and ideally out through that and through our love and our care and our welcome that they would take further steps towards relationship with Jesus. So that's something that we want to make a central practice of our church community. And each term, each year, we want to run Alpha. Just think for a moment, can you imagine, can you imagine what could happen? What could happen if we were to give ourselves to this kind of thing as a church community? What could happen in the life of those you love, those you are currently reaching out to with the gospel? Your friends, your neighbours, your atheist co-worker who just loves to bait you every moment that he can get about how judgmental Christians are and how Christianity is everything wrong with the world. Can you imagine what God might do in people's hearts as they get a sense of God's love and, and the sense of hospitality and get the opportunity to, to ask those kind of big questions, the hard questions of life? I'm convinced. I'm convinced and I, I hear it from many other churches that have been doing this Alpha journey for longer than us, that God does truly incredible things. And Alpha in itself is not like, Alpha is not the be all and end all, but it's an opportunity for people to connect. And then it's other opportunities that people can then further connect into and be discipled on the journey as well. And for this vision to become reality, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be training up not just one or two Alpha facilitators, but we'd love to train up a team of Alpha facilitators. We want Alpha to be a blessing not only to those who attend, but also those who facilitate Alpha, members of our church community. So if you've got a passion for Alpha, if you've got a passion for seeing people encounter God's love, have a taste of Christian community, and wrestle with some of these bigger questions of life, can I encourage you, this might be a ministry for you to get involved in. This, I'd love to have a conversation with you around what that could look like. We're keen to establish a team of facilitators so that every term is led by a different team of different people. Um, so that basically, if we had four teams, you'd be committing to run one alpha once per year. Pretty sustainable, pretty, pretty good, I reckon. And if facilitation is really not your thing, and, you know, I know God hasn't gifted us all for that sort of thing, we will certainly be needing plenty of other people to be doing some more behind-the-scenes roles so that Alpha can truly be a great experience for people. That includes things like praying for the people who are joining us at Alpha. That will include things like helping out with the hospitality side of things, making a meal for the groups to enjoy at different stages um, when they gather, 
Or maybe for you, maybe that is being trained as a facilitator. Whatever way God is leading you, and, and I'll be praying that God would lead us in the weeks and um, months ahead as well. But in whatever way God's leading you, I encourage just to get involved. Get involved and get behind our efforts to make Alpha a central part of our church life. It's going to be a great ministry. It is a great ministry that impacts lots and lots of lives. So let's all get behind Alpha as a church. So that's the third. And here's the fourth. And this is... This is an exciting one. It's, I'm excited about this. They're all exciting, but this is exciting too. We believe God is calling us to go all in for a youth group. So we're, we're excited to let you know today that this year we are going to be launching a youth group. So as you are probably aware, we've got quite a few young people in our church community who are sort of coming up to that youth group stage and so there's a need within our own community to have some avenue for them other than a Sunday morning in their, what do they call it? The Big Chums Club. They're down there in the Sunday BCC. So if you, if you ever ask what the BCE, BCC is, now you know, the Big Chums Club. Other than the Big Chums Club and other than the, the intentional discipleship from their parents, we want to give them another opportunity to just continue to grow in their faith and to seek and to serve God and our local community together. And here's the thing, and here's my heart, is nothing that we do should only be for us. Nothing that we do as a church community should only be for us. I love the way Ray's just really championed with the men's ministries that this is not just about our men, this is about men in general, to get together with other blokes, to have conversations that often we don't have but really should have, and if we did have, they would make a massive difference in our own lives and in our marriages and in our children and in our workplaces and just everywhere. I love that, and I love how our, our community are really capturing that vision because the thing is, nothing that we do as a church should only be for our benefit, but it should be for the benefit from our, for others outside of our community as well. We're really keen in time to open this group up to be an avenue for young people in our local community to have an opportunity, a place where they belong, a place of belonging, a place where they can come. And, and I don't know, like I've, I've been a social worker in, in my past working life and I have heard stories of young people in this community. And, and in many ways, like, I experienced some of what young people experienced through my younger years as well. Growing up in Hillsville as a young person can be really, really tough. And can you imagine how good it would be to have a youth group where our kids get the opportunity to mingle with and invest in and grow up and help to disciple other community kids so that they might come to know Jesus and have their lives radically transformed too. And I pray, my prayer is that these young people would come into an environment that would help them to navigate life so they wouldn't have to deal with some of the things that I've had to deal with growing up, living in Hillsville as a young person and so many other people as well. That's, that's my prayer for this. You know, there were so many young people in our community who, who don't have the kind of love, the kind of home environment that many of us do and many of us 
are so blessed to have. And there are young people in our community, statistically we know, who are homeless. There are people who are couch surfing. They're not, they're not technically homeless, but they're really of no fixed address. They're just going from friend's house to friend's house to friend's house. And they're, they're lost. They're hurting. They're broken. And many of them are, are really in need of something. And who knows, all of us, we have a Jesus-sized hole in our heart. All of us. <laughs> regardless of whether we're a young person or whether we're more mature in age. They need Jesus, and this is one way through which they will be able to receive his love. And so Steve and Anita, for those of you who don't know Steve and Anita, Steve was playing the the drum box today. Um, They're going to be heading up the youth group, and they're also establishing a team of leaders to, to lead it alongside them. So it's, it's really exciting. We are so excited to see what God's going to do in that group. And I'm not going to share anything more about it now. I'll leave that for them to share at another time. But I just wanted to let you know that that is another way that we as a church community, we're going all in. We're going all in for the gospel in order that we might win some, in order that we might see some of these young people have their lives radically transformed as they encounter Jesus' love and never be the same again. How good would that be? How good would that be? And my heart too, and and I I think we should be praying for this. If there's something that you want to be praying for for our church community, I want to encourage you, let's be praying about how we can strategically invest in and bless and engage with the youth in our town. Let's be praying about that. Let's be praying about different ways to be a blessing, different ways to join with existing programs, different ways to get behind things that council are doing so that we can be a real blessing to the youth in our local community. Because they, many of them, many of them need it. Many of them need it. And I think God's stirring my spirit about that side of ministry and maybe that's something that he's calling all of us to. So let's be praying about that. I'm excited, like Big Kev. I am I am just really excited to see how God is going to move in and through us as a church community this year as we all, again, commit to going all in in these priorities. And the thing is, when what I love about God is he just has such a, a beautiful way that when people have a shared heart, a shared vision, a shared desire, he has an incredible way of bringing blessing on that. And when it's a shared desire to see people reached with the good news, you know that he's going to bless that. Yeah? Amen? He is going to bless that and he is going to expand that. So it's not just four key ways, but it's like 15 key ways that we are going all in as a church community moving forward. So I'm really excited about that. And what I want to do, because God does want to bless this, God does want to continue to shape this, God does want to empower us and give us his heart for this kind of ministry, what I want to do is just take a few minutes, five minutes, let's take five minutes in small groups right now just to pray together into these things, just to pray and invite God to have his way and to guide us individually in our own lives. Maybe we need to ask the question, God, am am I all in for the gospel in my life? Am I, you know, coming out of COVID, I've, I've got used to Netflix and KO and I'm kind of all in for TV. Am I really all in for the gospel? But maybe that's something that that we need to kind of consider for ourselves as individuals. 
But collectively, as Liberty Family Church, let's pray right now that God would guide us in being all in for the gospel together. Let's take five minutes in groups and then I'll close in prayer. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we are just so excited that we are going to continue as a church to join with you in the things that you want to do. We thank you, Jesus, for this this little phrase, all in for the gospel, Jesus. We thank you, God, for the reminder and your heart to see us, all of us, in our own contexts as individuals or families or couples or whatever, but also as a church community, collectively, that we would be all in for the gospel. And Lord, we pray that you would just move powerfully on each of these four things, Lord. But not only that, Lord, you would raise up other emphases as well, other priorities, other things that we can really be investing in as a church community so that we can be all in for the gospel and so that we can be a place of hope and love and peace and joy and welcome, Lord, so that we can be a community who are playing an active role in sharing the gospel, but not only in sharing the gospel, in seeing people come to receive the gospel, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would see salvations, that we would see many people, the people that we've been praying for faithfully for years and even decades, Lord, that this year we would see more and more people come into relationship with you and actually encountering the love of Jesus and then walking forward with Jesus in life. So God, have your way by your Holy Spirit in us and have your way, Holy Spirit, through us that this might be true and that you might grow us and continue to shape us as an authentic Christian community, a place of love, a place of hope and a place of welcome. So Jesus, have your way, we pray, and we thank you and give you all the glory for you are worthy, Jesus. And we are so grateful that you first loved us. We pray this, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen.